The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean, and you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I have said to the Jews, so now I say to you, or I am going You cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, tonight, as every Maundy Thursday evening, we read John's description of the prelude, if you will, to the Last Supper where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples Now, this was an extravagant demonstration of love and servanthood. 
And in order to recognize exactly how extravagant it was, we need to think of the setting. Remember, this is first century Palestine. There are no paved roads. People walk along in sandals. And they walk in the dirt and the dust and the muck and they sweat. And all of this grime gets caked on the feet. It's messy, it's yucky, smelly, it's ugh. These are the feet that Jesus takes in his hands and washes. People don't wash other people's feet in the first century, except slaves and someone like Jesus, who is demonstrating love, demonstrating servanthood. Now, there's a, there's a sermon here, but I'm not going to preach it tonight. I preached it last year. I'm not because as I read and reread today's gospel lesson, I couldn't help but think every time I thought about another foot washing, a foot washing that occurred just six days earlier in Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. Six evenings earlier, Jesus was at the home of his friend Lazarus. And Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha, were there. And as they were reclining around the table, without any announcement or any warning, Mary suddenly comes in and kneels at Jesus' feet and begins to bathe his feet. And Jesus was walking those same roads wearing those same sandals, getting the same grime and muck and yuck on his feet. And once Mary had finished this act of washing Jesus' feet, she wasn't finished. She took a, a bottle of perfume, nard, we're told, and broke it open and anointed his feet. And yet she still wasn't finished. Then she unbound her hair and took her hair and dried Jesus' feet. An extravagant demonstration of love, love that just obviously was overflowing Mary's heart. Now, interestingly, was the, uh, the, res the response to this. First of all, you need to understand this story of Mary anointing the feet. It's one of the few stories that appears in all four Gospels. <clears throat> in the John version, Judas Iscariot speaks up and says, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she shouldn't have done that. We could have kept this bottle of perfume. And we could have sold it for a lot of money and given that money to the poor. In the other three Gospels, it's, it's all the disciples who protest. But what's really interesting is not who protests, but Jesus' response to this protestation. In each of the Gospels, he says, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She has done a good thing. Jesus appreciates this show of love. At this point, I got to thinking, how is it that we normally, and I'm including myself in this, okay, how is it that we kind of instinctively approach God 
Well, I see it as almost kind of a three-step process. The first thing we think is, well, I've got to obey God's commandments. And then we think, God loves me. Sometimes we might think, if I do this, God will, will love me. But we get these two, first two steps, obey, obeying and, and then God loving. And then we conclude by thinking, okay, now I can ask for some favors. I can pray and ask for some favors. I think it's a good thing to want to follow God's commandments, and it's a, it's a good thing to recognize that God loves us. The favors part, we need to work on that. But you see, this story of Mary and Jesus' response reminds me and reminds us of this. Not only does God love us, God wants our love in return. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, compared to everything else, more than anything else, God wants our love in return. Think about this for just a second. We've all been in love relationships. What does every lover want more than anything else? What does the lover want? The lover wants the beloved to return that same love. And it's no different with God. God desperately wants us to love God. Jesus said as much. You all recall this. When asked about the greatest commandment, what did Jesus say? He said, you shall love the, you shall love, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. Now he went on to say, the second is like it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. But the truth is, when you think about it, loving God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, if we do that, everything else falls into place. Now, that doesn't mean, do you love God? Oh, yeah, I love God. It means loving God like Mary loved God having our very souls, our, our hearts overflowing with love. Once we are in that position, then following Jesus, God's commandments becomes second nature. Loving neighbor as ourself becomes a matter of course. Everything falls into place when we abide by that first commandment, when we return to God the love that God shows us. When we love God, when we love Jesus like Mary did. And so tonight, I would suggest this, at the end of this service, we will dim the lights. The altar guild will begin the slow, methodical, and moving process of stripping the altar. The choir will chant Psalm 22. 
in the stillness, and probably later in the evening, it might be good for all of us, including me, to look inside and say, do I love God? Do I really, really, really love God like Mary does? Amen.